everybody. Uh, I don't know if you can tell this, because Dave's kind of a magic at the post, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> post where. <laughs> but I'm not feeling very well, and I haven't been for quite a, quite a few days. <laughs> so uh, this one's going to be a solo Dave adventure tonight. Um, and whatever he says, I disagree with. I don't even know what it's going to be about, but I disagree with it immediately. <laughs> Conjecture and all that. Have a good night. Enjoy the episode. Hey, all you dads out there. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Fearless Fathers podcast. If you actually didn't skip ahead of the beginning of this episode today of the intro, then you heard Ryan's little uh, Ryan's little spiel there that he's going to be stepping away today. He's battling some medical issues, and I'm a generous host, so I decided to give him the night off from recording this episode. What can I say? It's Sometimes you just got to give a little, right? It's Davo here, as always. Thank you again for tuning in for another episode. Thank you for the continued support week in, week out of helping us rethink fatherhood. We went from a brace to fear to rethink fatherhood, becoming stronger, better fathers every single day in our lives. Today, since it's just you and I sitting here on the mic, we're going to be hitting, that's right, mindset shifting, some focus, making it look in a different light, taking strategies, tools, things that I've done that other people have done so that way you can become a better father in your own right, in your own mind, in your own self. And today, we're talking about one of the biggest problems that I feel, I know I deal with, everybody deals with it, 100% of the population has one of these, we all take this drug, that's right, it's copium. We take copium every single day, every single one of us. And what I want to do in this episode is really not so define coping and what coping does, like, but like how we can reframe different coping strategies that are going to basically be attainable for us so we can start making those small shifts in our lives so that way those shifts can begin to happen or hopefully change if your children are dealing with some of the things that you deal with to cope. That That's what I'm really hoping in this episode today is to break out of how much copium are you taking on a daily basis But before we get into all the tips, the strategies, the ideas, I want to break down exactly coping in itself, copium as we're going to call it, and then kind of go in from some other adaptive ones, some negative coping strategies we use that I know I'm very guilty of myself, and then some ways that we could really come back and harness those and make them better so we become more well-rounded and better off for our families. So like we talked about, coping happens the moment we're born. <laughs> I mean, there, there's no way around it. It's a basic human function. And I mean, there's been psychologists and everything like that um, it, it, as far as like the responses to stress and why we do it. But I'm not going to get into that as well. To, I'm not going to get into that portion. I'm really talking about we all do it. We all have positive coping mechanisms and we all have negative coping mechanisms. At least I think most of us. It's fair to say that we have a good chunk of coping mechanisms, positive ones and negative ones. With the stressful situations that are going on today, especially in today's world, we all need different coping mechanisms to, to get away from the world, so to speak. For me, gaming's always been a coping mechanism. Doing this podcast, as much as I love it, as much as I could bring value to you listeners, you dads, every single week, our family, every single week, 
it's a coping mechanism for me. It allows me to get into a place where I'm kind of getting away from the world and speaking my truths and just getting out there into seeing things into a different reality. And just to hit on some of those like active or reactive, as we'll call them, you know, you have these great coping strategies that are like your problem solving strategies or emotional, behavioral, cognitive, you know, the cognitive ones are like the mental activities that you're doing to help manage stress. Those are the strategies that are great to have. Those are the ones that even if you have those really rough coping, like those rough coping strategies, like if, for example, you grew up and maybe your childhood wasn't all that great and you never got the emotional reassurance you might look for. So you cope by blocking other people out because it's just easier not to deal with them than it is to attack that situation because it reminds you of something so painful and there's no pleasure in that whatsoever. Some of the like rough ones that we're talking about here again, like we're talking the emotional blocking out, these you know substance abuse people use substances to cope. Uh, I need to sit back after a day of hard work and I need to have two or three beers just to be able to unwind. The emotional numbing, shutting people out, like oh whoa whoa, no I'm not I'm not going to share my emotions because I've always it's always been used against me to show how I feel or share how I feel. So fuck you. Everybody thinks that that's the way it is. Daydreaming can even be one, right? You're, if you're out there constantly daydreaming, these are just things I'm thinking of. I remember going to work all the time and just constantly be in this thought process of life's going to be better. Or what would it be if I had this situation? This is my biggest coping strategy or my biggest, my biggest, problem with coping is procrastination. We all do it. I I don't care what anybody says. We've talked about procrastination before. This is a major coping mechanism for many of us because we don't want to deal with the pain that may lead to pleasure. So we want that pleasure sooner. We want that quick dopamine hit. There's so much out there that we do to help negatively cope with other situations that we could use in a much better light in a much cleaner light for ourselves and our families. And as I'm talking about some of these, I'm talking well, one from my heart because I've done a lot of these or I do a lot of these and just to kind of share a story with you today. I remember I remember when I was working full time and before my illness and everything happened. I remember constantly coming home from work and immediately binging out on the couch. Like it, it was get home. My living room's right there. My couch is two feet from me. I'm falling on the couch and I don't want to do a damn thing. That was a coping mech for me. It was put on Netflix, get away, not want to talk to anybody. If I had a really rough day, I need to cope by having a couple beers. We all do it. Our old, you know, our dads did it, whomever. But looking back on those days now and when I really started to fall in love with personal development and self-growth and all of this stuff. I look back on those memories of how I used to cope with situations. I'd get very angry. I was a very emotional person. I still am a very emotional person. But I've learned strategies to overcome how emotional or blowing up at people. And that, that was a big thing for me. Always holding everything in. Holding in everything. That was my coping mechanism. Right, uh, I'm just gonna hold it in. I'm just gonna take it out and yell at the imaginary shampoo bottle or whatever. I don't know if people think I'm crazy for saying that, but 
I say that because that's what we've gone through. We've never, never had a teacher to say, Hey, this is okay. Let's work through different strategies. Let's go through different things. And it took me a long time to realize like, it's okay that I was built this way because I found so much good in it. Going back to those, I saw the anger. I saw all the, the sadness. I saw the vegging out, like astral projection, seeing myself on the couch, doing nothing. I, I could still physically see it. And what was that doing for the betterment of my family? Hell, what, what was the betterment of doing that for myself? Nothing. It was just breaking away from the day. It was coping, right? I was taking a lot of copium. So much so that I was taking so much that things that I wanted to do, things that I felt were attainable, I never wanted to hit because I was in this self-medicated copium state where everything just felt calm. Everything was fine. If I don't move out of this comfort zone, nothing bad is going to happen. But what did that do? Well, a lot of that for me is it caused financial difficulties. I I was afraid to move money around. I was afraid to spend things. I, I was scarcity. I didn't want to hang out with people. I didn't want to talk to family and friends because if this person in my family was there, I didn't want to talk to them and bring up old issues or have a panic attack. So I would rather just stay in my house and do nothing all day. And like a really big thing for me was never wanting to have uncomfortable conversations with people. I always remember like, oh, I'm just going to going to kind of go on by, you know, oh, they say something about me. Oh, okay. I'll, I'm going to back off. I'm not going to do anything. That was a coping mechanism for me. It was, that did nothing for me. I, I'm, I'm trying to find the words to say that right on this podcast, but like that did nothing for me. It didn't do anything to make me a better person. It didn't do anything that served my purpose. All it did was, is I just didn't want to get comfort. I just didn't want to get into confrontations. I didn't have the skills necessary to get into a confrontation where my emotions wouldn't take over and make me this demon that I would always be. Or my anxiety wouldn't put me into this ball and just kind of fade away into nothingness. But first and foremost, it takes us to overcome these these negative ones that we're talking about, this negative copium effect that we have. It takes us identifying those processes. We all know them. We all know we procrastinate. Most of us, we might sit on the couch and drink a beer if you drink, binge Netflix all weekend or three hours after work, whatever the, right, whatever it is, insert your own here. It takes us understanding that we have these negative coping mechanisms that aren't going to serve us and that our kids are picking up on. And I don't know about you, but if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you want to do things a lot differently or maybe change a lot of the things that your dad did and maybe your grandparents did that don't serve your purpose in your family home. At least I'm hoping that's why you're here. So it takes by understanding what generational curses, what generational traits don't serve you that maybe your dad used to cope, maybe your grandparents used to cope. What are you using to cope that's not working? Take that, make a list, make a list of the five, the five biggest ones that you use. If you don't have five, the top three, we all have at least three negative copium traits that we use that don't serve us, that aren't pushing our needles further in our family life. 
once we have those nailed down, we need to start thinking of solutions to the problems. I always like to call it the plan of action, right? A plan of action sounds a lot more stronger, a commitment to action even, right? A commitment to your action. What are some things that you can use? What are some ways that you can overcome that? For me, I'm a big, big, big person who needs accountability. I I need accountability in my life or I'm not going to do a lot of the things that I need to do. So for me, when it comes to overcoming my procrastination, my calendar is full. I mean, constantly full and reminders going off of things I need to get done. And that could be three things that I need to get done throughout the day, whether it's podcast related, whether it's family related, whatever it is. I put them in hard times, not just there for the day, not just a reminder, but hard times like I'm going to record a podcast episode from 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. And that's the time I have to set for myself and I have to hold myself accountable. And then I'll use a timer. Like that's just one thing that came to my mind that I use on a regular basis. And if you're somebody like me that needs that accountability, I'm talking about procrastination because that's the biggest coping mech I have and most people have. That might be something that you can do. If it's, oh, I need to have a couple beers after I drink or a couple beers after I work to reset myself, start that plan of action, that commitment plan to saying I'm only going to have a beer after I get home and see what happens with that extra time that you have. Or if you're a Netflix binger, right, or a Hulu binger and you're binging a series and you're doing that three, four, five hours during a weekend, during after shift, whatever it is, set it, you know, I'm going to do this for two hours. Here's on my phone. After that, I, I, th- I even think they have like almost a parental control that you could be like, yo, after two hours, it's done. I I don't know. If you want to get that extreme, do it. You know, if you need that, do it by all means. But make that committed plan of attack that's going to make a better you. And on top of that, learn new skills. Learning new things. This world is an ever-constant world. It's ever-changing. It's ever-growing. Some things that we've known 10, 15 years ago changed a year and a half ago. The world we knew five years ago flipped on its head 180 two years ago. So you can't tell me that this world doesn't constantly change because it does. And we need to be able to adapt and overcome those situations. So by going out and learning new new skills or even refreshing old skills that you have. I don't know about you, but for me, being in the military for, God, almost 15 years. Anytime we had a training, I might have known something, but every time we went to a, a refresher training or we did something again, I learned something new or I learned something I forgot and I was able to add it to my toolbox. Take that for yourself. Take that and do a refresher training or learn new skills. Listen to podcasts like this. I started reading because I wanted to read more books. I read personal development books because it's something I'm obsessed with. And I'm learning new skills out of those books and learning new traits and ways to overcome my copium prime example. Instead of me going to the bathroom and being on my phone for a half hour, I listen to an audio book or I take my book. I actually take a physical hard copy book 
and I keep it right right there and I read a book for a half hour. Tony Robbins, if you know who he is, most of us at least know the name. Tony Robbins has always stated the mind needs to be fed 30 minutes a day. Feed your mind 30 minutes a day. We go to the gym, we walk, we exercise, we eat healthy. We have our body fed, but we don't have our mind fed. So take those 30 minutes, even set that timer for 30 minutes if you can't, if you're not a reader like me or get an audiobook, whatever it is. But take the time to learn new skills about what it is you're doing, about what it is that you're trying to break out of those top three processes that you want to overcome. And some, a lot of those, I want to reach into this towards the end here of this episode. Other ways to overcome those, we'll call them the negative responses, right? There's other restructuring that we can do. Cognitive, they, I think there's like cognitive behavioral therapy and things like that. One of the biggest things that I did or that I've started to learn was the 12 cognitive distortions. I'm not going to go through all of them today, but I might, might if I could find an online link, I'm going to put a link in the description of this episode, but I put the 12 cognitive distortions and when I'm having a bad day, when I'm going through too much copium and I'm taking way too much copium in a day, I go through my distortions list and saying, okay, I might be watching Netflix for four hours. Why am I doing this? Right? So I'm saying, well, I have to do business work. I have to record three episodes. I have to resend these emails. I have to do this. So now I just put out on the list the four or five, maybe six reasons why I'm watching Netflix instead of actually doing the work I need to do. And now I'm looking at my cognitive distortions list. Just the first one that comes to mind is all or nothing thinking. It's either this way or it's that way, right? The binary thought process. So now I'm saying, okay, well, I have to do sponsorship requests. I want to send out emails to three sponsorship requests. Well, if I send out an email to them, all or nothing tells me either they're going to tell me yes or they're going to tell me no. Chances are they're going to tell me no. They'll be like, get the hell away from me. Or even another one that's coming to mind like the, well, why should I sponsor you? You're, you're nothing, right? And I get down to a deeper level, maybe the second, third level as to why I'm coping and not doing something or procrastinating in this instance. Doing that restructuring allows me to say, well, no, that's not the case. It's I've had responses. We've had guests on these shows. Other people have reached out to us to do podcast episodes. It's like, that's not the only thing that happens. Another one, right? Thought stopping. Why is what's going on? Breaking that cycle, breaking that negative cycle, stopping it, and then reframing it. Again, another cognitive, uh, another cognitive way. Just being open with yourself. Oh, man, I had a really tough day at work. Fucking Johnson's a dickhead, and you know he's, he, he's ass-kissing the boss, and I do everything right. It's like, be open with yourself. Take a good, hard look at yourself if something like that, if a situation like that is making you want to cope with work, with life, with family, and say, why am I doing this? Well, what is he doing that I'm not doing? Take accountability for your actions. Take accountability for what it is you're doing. Another one, like if you're big with not wanting to deal with family functions, 
take that next step and cut off the people that are not serving your purpose. Uh, One of the very first episodes we ever did here on Fearless Fathers was the narcissistic parents episode that a couple friends of I and we talked about and had these issues. And I've shared it on this show before that I have cut away from a toxic parent. That is one of the hardest things I've done. But that allowed me to break away from a lot of coping mechanisms that weren't serving my purpose. It allowed me to start seeing fuller worth in myself, which allowed more things to happen better for my family than me just being head to toe in anxiety. So being open with yourself, understanding those, recognizing it, and then taking those uncomfortable steps are going to break a lot of the coping mechanisms. Because again, what is coping? It's quick, quick dopamine boosts. It's not delayed gratification. It is quick gratification that allows you to mellow out, chill out, and kind of melt away. There's nothing wrong with it. What are the things that are doing that are positive to you? Keep doing those. Keep doing those. I like to do crosswords on my phone. I do those constantly. Keep my mind sharp. Binge watching Netflix could be fun on a weekend night. Having a couple beers could be a great stress reliever. It really is. We all cope in our own different ways. But start taking accountability for the coping mechanisms, all that copium you're taking that isn't serving you and your family. I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Fearless Fathers podcast. I I went off today because this is something near and dear to my heart. It's something to get me reframed, refocused, and reengaged because I've been coping way too much. So I felt like this copium episode was a really good time to come out, not just for you, but for me as well. Continue to share this podcast. We've been getting, I don't know where it's coming from, but we've been getting some outstanding support over the last few weeks. So if you're a constant listener, thank you if you've been going out there and sharing this podcast from the bottom of my heart. You guys fucking rock. If you're new to this show, welcome. If you haven't already, on the podcast player, wherever you're listening, drop us five stars. Drop us a rate and review. Make sure you follow this podcast so you never miss an episode. We come out every Monday with a new episode. So that way you can become a better father, rethink fatherhood one step at a time and one day at a time. Because it's going to take all of us to become better. Take what we, take what I talked about today. Whatever works for you, great. Add it to your toolbox to become a better father. Whatever I said and it doesn't make any sense or if this was something of a refresher for you, great. I hope you learned something. If it didn't, that's fine. Use what's going to serve you. Throw the rest away. That is okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Until next time, guys, we'll see you.